hello everybody and welcome to the 12th episode of the Kent Non-League Football Podcast with me, John Phipps and Matt Gerrard. Now, um, in the 12 weeks we've been doing this, we've done some unusual locations, uh, real seafront, my car. Um, today we have Matt in a taxi on his way back from Gatwick Airport. Yes, that's correct. Matt is in a taxi on his way back from Gatwick after a work trip in Switzerland. So, um, first of all, Matt, how was your trip and how are you? God, very good. Yeah, I was just uh, with the man to put in the... Uh... Ticket through the barrier, and we're ready to go through um, Gatwick now. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. So, we're in the back of a taxi, so I look like a pop star in his lovely car that man's got. So, um, from that point of view, so yeah, it's a good work trip, nice to be back. So, uh, thought, you know, dedication to the pod and all that will um, carry on recording from the back of the taxi. Indeed. Well, it's, it's much appreciated, Matt, as always, you, you giving up your time. Um, we're going to start by looking back at the FA Cup fourth qualifying round. Um, Four of our sides made it through, but it wasn't quite plain sailing, though, because uh, only one team actually made it through on Saturday. Two went out on Saturday and four more needed replays. But what is really good news is that all four of our teams who did get through have been rewarded with a tie against a Football League team. We've got two at home and two away. First team we got through were Dartford on Saturday. They were the, they were the only ones who won on Saturday. Alfie Pavey scored the goal that beat Burgess Hill. You'll have heard Alfie last week talking about being 90 minutes away from being on TV. And with a home tie against Swindon, there's every chance he is going to be on TV. That'd be a great day for the darts, won't it, Matt? It's a really good tie for them as well, what they've deserved before. Previously, I think in the first round, they've had a National League change. They had I think they went to Salisbury as well. So this one is a good chance. Uh, Swindon's record in the uh, FA Cup not been too good over the last year. They've been knocked out. I know they easily knocked them out last year. I think the non-league side knocked them out. So it's a good one. It's got a good chance. I don't know live games there will be if... BBC and BT want to choose four non-league sides. I think Dartford should be up there, but I've always fancied them against Burgess Hill down there. From what the reports I got from uh, Paul Philpott, I know that they dominated the game a little bit, scored the goal early on. Burgess Hill never really got too much up top. They signed a player from Maidenhead this week on, on loan as a striker. So Dartford really pleased with Tony Berman. It's been a great season for them, really scoring goals. You know, they, another doing high in the league. So fingers crossed they, they deserve a chance against. Uh, uh, on the television, and that's you know the income they can get from that and the exposure can really work for them. Yeah, indeed, because it's a funny one, isn't it, Dartford? I mean, they're in a, they're in a location in a fairly sizable town, but like a lot of clubs in Kent, they suffer from being quite close to London. Now their ground, as marvellous as it is, is a little bit out of the centre. But when I was there the other week, they they had you know they had a decent crowd in. That they've got massive potential there, and if they get back, if they can get some money out of this, get on the TV, get a little bit more exposure, and play the way they have been playing, then there's no reason why being on TV, even if they, you know, even if they are unlucky and that, or they don't quite manage to beat Swindon, if they get a little bit of exposure, then the people around Dartford will start thinking, well, hang on, there's a little handy football club here. It's not that bad to get in and and get behind their promotion bid. I think uh, people like Alfie Pavey put them in the shop window. Swindon aren't pulling up any trees in here, you two at the moment. And people like Ryan Hayes, time players at that point of view. Swindon won't want to come to, to, to Prince's Park, I would have thought. So it's a cracking draw for, for, for Dartford, I think. Swindon, because they'll bring a few supporters, a, a well-supported club, they want to come down to the new ground. You're thinking 4,000 plus there, and a good chance of the television. So as draws go, that's up there, I think, for them. Yeah, and another team who got a great draw. The other team at home is Ebbsfleet United. They came back from East Thurrock with a nil-nil draw on Saturday. But no such troubles on Tuesday night. A three-nil win. And they've got Doncaster Rovers, who, of course, include former High Town striker Alfie May in their squad. I think the TV companies might fancy a bit of that one as well. 
yeah, of course, you've always got Ebbsfleet with the, with the backing they've got uh, and, the, and the story they've got of where they're nearly on the brink of bankruptcy and they're taken over by a few weights. He's so excellent publicity. Amazing to see. That's the first, I think, four or five years that Ebbsfleet have been in the first round proper. So, again, a cracking draw for Doncaster. You know, a good result against last night from that point of view. A couple of names known to get, John Marcus and, uh, and Alfie May as well. Ebbsfleet, they were normally decent. I'm going to say, you know, he lost twice all season, I think it is, isn't it? So, um, Again, Doncaster, we won't really fancy that. Uh, Darren Ferguson coming down your way. You see uh, Alex Ferguson turning up to a Stonebridge Road or whatever the, the new ground is called after they got renamed this week. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, it is a great opportunity for Darren McMahon on this side. You know, I think that's a really appealing tie, again, for the TV companies. You've got big spending Ebb's fleet, who maybe aren't not that well-known outside of Kent circles, but what a chance that would be. They've got a few players that people recognise, and I think, I definitely think that might be on the TV. Yeah, again, it's a good one. Again, one of the good things about that, again, if the BT companies want to come down to you, but again, you've got quite close. You can do one on the, the Saturday and one on the Sunday to go through from that one of you. But again, a good one for the for the cameras. And again, I think it's probably a winnable side for Epsley as well. Yeah, and another team you went through, Bromley made it through after a replay on Tuesday night, but obviously that's bad news for Dover Athletic, or Dover City, as I've just seen them called on the Guardian website. Um, exactly the same scenario for Bromley, a nil-nil draw away on Saturday, followed by a 3 0 win. Um, Bromley 3, Dover nil. It's not a very Dover Athletic result, is it, Matt? And they lost Galafuco to injury as well. Bromley's re- reward is a, is a trip to Rochdale, but it's going to be disappointing for Dover, isn't it? Yeah, they've had that run in the FA Cup the last four seasons, being in the first round, and um, you know, the publicity, the money that brings from that. Of course, they've made a lot of money from the FA Cup the last few seasons. Of course, going out of uh, the game uh, last night, of course, they've got no make no money from the FA Cup. If you look at the two gates from the competition, hardly big gates as well from that point of view. So, yeah, fair play to Bromley. Bromley really kept over at arm's length pretty easily again on um, on Saturday. I thought they looked. Pretty solid. The back over a little bit one-dimensional. Couldn't break them down, and I fancy probably to do Dover yesterday. And they, they got the goal. And maybe Dover pushed a little bit forward to go for it, but they're lacking a little bit of goal threat at the moment. Dover a little bit of creativity, a few injury problems, but they played probably. Neil Spencer's an absolutely fantastic guy. I think he knew after the game on Saturday that they had a good chance of the replay. Missed Williams, but Jack Holland, who was brilliant at the back, played up front. So all in all, well done, probably, and you know. Again, at the present moment in time, you're thinking, oh, it's not too bad. But when I see them walking out of Scotland uh, at Rochdale, you, you do think, oh, it's a bit of a blow there. We missed out there. I think we'll come on to it later. But um, I said to Steve Watt on Saturday after Margate went out, well, you watched the draw. And he just went, nah. So I'd imagine that, you, you know, you, you can have that similar sort of feeling. Obviously, you've got to take some notice in these times because we've still got to talk about them in, in the weeks to come. But for Dover, I, th- I think that's really disappointing. And as, as I said earlier, I don't expect Chris Kinnear teams to lose 3-0. Venture can see three. It doesn't happen very often. They've kept a lot of clean sheets this season. And I, and I guess maybe once the first one went in, maybe their heads dropped a bit. Yeah, maybe it was. I think they, they had a few injury problems. Alafuco went off. Pasley went off. The key players were, again, over at the moment, they're not correct too many chances. Um, uh, that's that's a bit of a concern. They've got big injury problems. Toby Show Silver, Jamie Allen are injured and Rumours are they're going to be out injured for a bit of a while, and that is a blow for Dover because that really leaves them with only one fit striker in Ryan Bird. So I probably probably held them at harm's length, as I mentioned before. They got what got in front. Dover maybe didn't have the creativity and the quality to to move on from that point of view, and probably are pretty good on their 3G surface. So and Mackie, of course, former Dover player, 
very rarely played for Dover, but scored an absolute a cracking goal apparently. So uh, good luck to, to, to Bromley from that point of view. And again, it's a tough one at, at Rochdale, but the Maystone pushed them really close last year, particularly when they played them at, at, at the Gallagher. So great things have happened, but they've got there, no pressure, and they can enjoy the moment. Yeah, and also through a Maidstone, you've just mentioned there, but they needed a replay too against Enfield. Now, um, I only heard bits of what went on on Saturday, but Jay Saunders said Saturday's game was the oddest one he's ever been involved in, with an incident involving Zavon Hines and a penalty at the forefront. No, just, just going to say, yeah, it's a strange one. I was doing the radio with Matt Cowan, so I've never known that a player could be, a penalty could be given as an indirect free kick when he does like a run-up. And I was trying to work it out, how difficult it must be to, Apparently, it's when you fake when you're about to kick the ball. We see people shuffle up, walk up, then start running again. Apparently, that's allowed. But if you pretend to kick the ball, then stop, that you're not, it's not allowed. But fair play to the referee. I didn't know the law, but I expect this to happen. Sometimes higher up the football league, football pyramid, they're all hell will probably break loose. But we'll see that the referee was spot on. Brave decision, especially well, you know when you <laughs> in front of, at the Gallagher where there's a, a good a good home crowd in, and I think Jay Saunders' big confusion wasn't that Hines had been booked for what he'd done, but that it wasn't a retaken penalty; it was actually a free kick to Enfield. I, I, knew, I read somewhere from this you can be booked from it from that point of view, so I wasn't surprised that he was booked for ungentlemanly contact if that's how they describe it. But I'm surprised they can give an indirect free kick from the penalty, so. It's a strange one. And, you know, we were on the radio saying, you know, about it. Oh, the referee's got it wrong. But fair play to the referee. After the first minute of the game, a brave referee. I think I'm surprised it hasn't happened that before. And I'm sure it's going to happen in the future. Then that will be a big media talking point when it does happen in the Championship or in the Premier League. It certainly will. And Mason, I mean, they needed extra time on... uh on Tuesday night to get through, um, got through 3-1 in the end, and now they go to Cheltenham. And Matt, as a Dover fan, you know that a non-league team from Kent can go to Cheltenham and win, don't we? Yeah, that was a couple of years ago. One of the best moments I had following Dover when Conor Esk scored about eight minutes to go to get Dover in the third round. Definite winnable tie for, for Maidstone. That's a really good tie. Cheltenham, one point a game, middle of the table in the League 2, been inconsistent. They won a few games on the spin there. Maidstone, they'll take Six, seven hundred down there, pretty easily, I'm sure. That's good ground. I make a bit of atmosphere there. Again, the league form hasn't been too good, and you know, you think about it, yeah, two the draws in the league, and arguably over 90 minutes they haven't been able to beat Enfield twice. But a great result there, maybe the extra fitness belt. But again, a good draw against Cheltenham. Nothing to fear for the Hartford game. Very similar to the game when they played Stevenage a couple of years ago, wasn't it? When they drew there, they brought them back and beat them at the Gallagher. So yeah, and it's another good. Time. I think all four guys are pretty good for, for our Kent sides. And, uh, and you're thinking about it, of course, Gillingham will get up against uh, non-league opposition against Lake Norian. We wouldn't think that these days. But uh, we could have a couple of sides in the second round as well. I'm putting my neck on there pretty early before the game's there. But I, th- I think uh, normally Kent's uh, reign in the FA Cup runs ends after round one. We might get a team in round two. But I think this year we could... Uh, Made a bit more progress. I think both Bromley and Maidstone sort of benefit from the fact that they've really got nothing to lose. They they can go up to those places. No one's expecting them to win, and all the pressure is really on the other teams. And it's the same for Gillingham against Leighton Orient. The Gillingham fans will be there expecting them to beat Leighton Orient. Leighton Orient will go there thinking, "Well, let's have a go at this." And and that's the advantage that that's why you get these upsets at this stage of the competition because the plucky underdogs. You know, league teams, it's their big day and they just want to give give their all and give a good impression of themselves. I think, going, and it's not a non-league pod, uh, a football league podcast, but I think Gillingham, that's a bit of a banana skin for them. Because there's a chance for Leighton Norwich to get back in the limelight a little bit, beat the league 
a League One side, show the people that you know we may be in the National League and we may be run pretty poorly over the last few years. Uh, chance to give them a bit of limelight, yeah. But again, I think it's a cracking draw for it, and I'm sure at least one of Epsley and Dartford should be um, get real uh, publicity by being on the television live matches. Yeah, quickly, the, the two teams who actually went out on Saturday, I don't think either of them will be upset by what they missed out on. Folkestone was sunk by an early goal at Slough, and Slough's reward was a trip to Gainsborough, and Margate would have been at home to Billericay had they not lost to Leatherhead. So, you know, probably, I think, especially Margate, if they'd got through, they'd have been so excited ahead of the draw, and then seeing that it was, as it was at the time, Brackley or Billericay, and now Billericay have got through, and that would be just an unenviable tie, and, and you have to feel sorry for Leatherhead really getting that one out of the bag. Yeah, for both sides, it's an absolute stinker for them, really. Teams in the same division, uh, Leatherhead, are not going to get any real publicity from that, apart from unless people start jumping on the Billericay bandwagon about that point of view. So, I, I did think, you know, I said last week, I did fancy folks to get through against Slough. I think Slough are a decent side. And I also had a sneaky feeling that Leatherhead would beat Margaret. I thought it might happen after a replay from that point of view. But yeah, disappointment, you could see... Um, and the supporters afterwards, they thought it was a big game for Margate, a big opportunity in it, and didn't work out. And the third year on the spin, they've got to the fourth qualifying round, so they've made a bit of money, but fallen that last hurdle. Yeah, well, obviously I was there on Saturday and, and providing updates for you guys on Radio Kent. Um, I was really disappointed by Margate. The first half was was pretty pretty dull stuff at times. Um, but they Margate were on top, but I just thought Leatherhead did a number on them. After the break, Leatherhead were absolutely superb. They just turned it up. A really good goal by Sammy Moore and the second goal from Jack Midson was was really well worked as well. Nice finish. Gate got one back, but it, it just wasn't to be. But although I thought Leatherhead did a number on Margate, Steve Watt, the Margate manager, didn't quite see it the same way. But he was very, very annoyed to miss out on the first round. How disappointed are you? I could put in the words, really. Um, just at the boys in there. They've had a game in, the, in their hands and they've just given it to Leatherhead. Um, I don't think they did anything second half different to the first. Just walked a little bit harder on us and we took our foot off the gas. And if you do that, you're going to lose games. Um, but it's, it's Sammy's got a great goal. Um, and so I think it was going to take something like that to beat our back four, and it did. And then obviously we got caught in the counter for the second. But look, it's, it's, it's just disappointing because the players in there have not gone out and, and did what they did in the first half in terms of work, work rate wise. And, um, no, we got what we deserve in the end, maybe. I suppose on such a, a big day, you know, to, to come up short in that manner, that makes it even worse, doesn't it? Yeah, got to set the players in there. So how close you are to, for, to, to write new history for this football club in itself. Um, and I've got to apologise to the fans for the, for the second half performance, but particularly up until their first goal, because we, we spring into life again after the first goal, and they're a better team towards the end of the game. Um, but is it going to happen when you're chasing games? Look, you've got Jordan Chidozi goes through one-on-one. -on -one. Um, big moment, enormous scores. I thought it was, oh, well, one the lap. I have that much confidence in him, but he, he drives it wide and maybe you sort of sit and think, is it, is it going to be our day when Jordan is missing opportunities like that? But look, first half, we were very, very good, excellent. And um, look, we just, we, we've let ourselves down the second. In the first half, I mean, you, you were you were good, but didn't stick the ball in the net, and I guess that's the, the frustrating thing. When you're on top, you've got to make the most of it, haven't you? Yeah, look, it's no, it's no, um, it's no. Uh, can't hide the fact that we don't even have a fit striker. Jordan's not fit. Jordan's still nursing a knee injury. 
and he's, he's going through the pain bar of the club. I mean, Fran Colin finished, Phil, uh, finished uh, failed, sorry, a, a fitness test before a game. Uh, Jamie is obviously a cup tied, but just coming back from injury, Liam Vermaram's out. We've lost Alex Fisher, Thalassitis. So in terms of up top, we're not having the best of luck really with players. So you look at today and, and we were at home and obviously love to go with two up top that I've always done this season. We couldn't do that today and we've not even got anyone in to bring off the bench in terms of striker-wise to, to change things. But um, look, it's, 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 we, when you're on top in these games, the fast goals at our level are so important. If you get the fast goal, you will nine times out of ten go on to win a game. Uh, and it's it's just I said the guys in there the, the frustrating thing is as a man we conceded the second because the second's a killer 1-0 I'd all fancy to get a goal I always thought we'd get a goal regardless even if we chased then I did fancy to score against them but the, the, the killer was a second goal and it's not like us to concede goals at that I guess it shows you know that you, you have got a small squad and your three midfield players today they're all similar sort of players aren't they so you know where you might have wanted one to be bombing on and supporting Jordan they're not really that sort of player are they no well look we played, we played Lee a bit higher Lee is the one who will get up and support but yeah they, look, they are similar um, I thought we were good in there today I must say I mean Simon Moore for an ex-league player he's playing up against Lee Prescott it's the highest level he's ever played at you wouldn't have known a difference and I think that's testament to, to, to Prescott and I thought our midfield looked the better midfield if I'm being honest I thought we controlled the game, um, particularly the first half. And I said second half, it wasn't a case of their midfield were carving us open. It was just basic errors of judgment from from players, um, and they put in a little bit more territory in trying to turn us. It wasn't. I don't think the game was won and lost in centre mid at all. If anything, I thought we were better centre mid, and I think that's testament to our three we've got in there that you're up against a league player like Simon Moore. He had a great finish, but I thought his rest of the game he didn't contribute much. And be honest, I think that's, that's credit to our three midfield players. How do you pick them up now? Because obviously you've got a league game Tuesday and then and more league games to come. You've still got so much to focus on, haven't you? Look, we've got three games in hand and we can go third. You know, and that's, that's I've always said the league is our bread and butter. Um, it's where our squad will be, um, if you like, uh, judged on. And so far we've lost two games in ten and, and had six clean sheets and that. So I think it's, it's, this squad's not a bad squad. And I think today we didn't deserve to lose today. That's, that's how I see the game I don't think we deserve to lose did we do enough to win maybe not but I don't think we deserve to lose at all today uh, but sometimes it doesn't go for you and it needs that bit of magic like Sammy had for the goal that, that changed the, the, the tide of the tie if you like uh, but we just pick ourselves up we'll move on I've always been one that one game's finished you, you leave it you move on to the next and today's no different it's just, it's just disappointed that I think I don't think Leatherhead's won the game today. I think we've given it to them, and that's disappointing from my perspective. Obviously, you're still new to this management, Larky. Are you a ranter and raver, or do you talk calmly with them after after games when they've lost? It depends, really. I, I didn't lose my I didn't lose my temper today, uh, half in the past. Um, it just look, it, it just depends on the situation. Um, there's a few there's a few things said in them afterwards between everyone, um, which needed to be said. But look, it's it's not it's not if you rant or rave or that. I think you just you judge the you judge the dressing room, you judge the situation, and you deal with it the best way you can. And there's a lot of disappointed heads in there. I think everyone knows that we've made a point this season of if we are going to get beat, let teams earn the right to beat us, and that's a disappointing thing. To do. I don't think Leatherhead earned the win. I think we we more handed to them by taking a foot away off in the second half. Do you watch the draw, or are you just going to scribble away somewhere and? and no, I won't watch it. No, I won't watch it. Like as long as I'm in a competition. Uh, I pay full focus to it 
no longer a minute. It'll just be put to bed. I'm focused now on league games. Um, my full focus will be on Tuesday now to get three points Tuesday. A bit good crowd in here today, and, and I guess it's that's extra disappointing because you know people who may not have come before they may think, oh, well they lost, they don't want to come back, and that's that's got to be another frustrating thing. But there, there is the potential here at this club to, to get a lot of people through the doors, isn't there? It's a great club. It's a great club, and I've said before in, in previous year, uh, previous interviews that 15 years for this club is far too long to not be in, a, in the first room proper. And I said I don't know, I haven't been here in previous years, but I don't think you've been much control of the game. We were at half time. I thought we only looked one winner. Um, we stressed the players out to keep doing what they're doing, keep their energy levels high, and for whatever reason, we we didn't, and that's cost us today. Um, obviously disappointing for Steve Watt there, Matt, and you can understand how frustrated he must have been because they've been in really good form, and it just didn't work for them on the day. There was, I mean, the the crowd was—they were probably disappointed with the crowd. There was eight hundred on in there, and. I've said it before, I said it in, in the last round, the Margate fans, they, they don't seem to make as much noise. All the noise was coming from the Leatherhead fans. And I think the day itself, the whole package was a real letdown for Margate. Again, Mark, even though we've been much documented Margate's problems over the last uh, 18 months or so from that point of view, again, getting the first round would have you know, galvanised the town about from that point of view. There is a core support base, but it seems that when you're Margate... You, get two steps forwards and maybe one step back again. They need to get a bit of momentum. Again, the result last night didn't help on the tour as well from that point of view. But missing players like Fanny Collin, absolutely crucial for, for that point of view, for them the experience. In a tight game where it's nil nil at four chances they've had, you want chances falling to Fanny Collin because you'll know nine times out of ten he's going to put the ball in the back of the net. So him was a big blow for that. And then, you know, you've got Jack Midson who's had a decent league career. Sammy Moore's had a decent league career. Uh, they've got some good players there. I don't think they'll be challenging at the right end of the table, but he's building something there, Sammy Moore, for the future from that point of view. He's just a kick in the teeth for Margate. You know, you could see, you know, their social media went really excited up to the game and then everything went flat and we just missed the Steve Watt there. And you can see that, you know, his voice was down. He was down and, as you mentioned, he wouldn't watch the draw from that point of view. Yeah, I'm sure he had a sneaky look at it and maybe he was a little bit happy. It wasn't deliberate. They didn't get Billy Ricky, but it's just one of those things. It's just the prestige of saying, yeah, they've broken that huge. That goes from 15 to 16 years since they've been uh, uh, in the first round. That's a they look at nearly a generation of supporters since they've seen that. And that's not good enough for Margate. And funny enough, the last time they were in the um, in the first round proper, they didn't even play at Hartsdown Park because they, they had a draw at Leighton Orient and then the replay was at Crabble where they were playing at the time. So yeah. it's been a long old time since Hartsdown Park's in some FA Cup first round action. Yeah, I, I presume maybe the last one was when they um, played Fulham. Maybe maybe it's that before they got any uh, things for that. Because normally Chris Kinnear's record in the FA Cup when he was a favourite for the first time was pretty rubbish and did it all right at Margate. But yeah, it's just Margate have got to dust themselves down now. They've got the trophy coming up and that point. But they need to get back get back on the bike, so to speak, and win some matches. And that last night was probably a good chance for them. That but it was, we'll discuss later. That didn't work out particularly well for them either. Well, we'll discuss it now, in fact. They had the chance to bounce back on Tuesday night in, in the Bostick Premier. Um, and so they suffered their first home league defeat of the season, going down 2-0 to Merston. It's not been a, gr- a great week for them. And uh, as you'll have heard when I spoke to Steve there, their, their squad is, is quite on the small side. And he said Ch- Chidozi's not fully fit. Franny Collin was out injured. Uh, I think they went for it a bit more with the, with the strikers on Tuesday night. But ultimately, they are lacking options in attack. And if you're not scoring goals... You're not going to win games of football, which is a, a disappointment for them. But Folkestone bounced back on from their cup defeat, and they bounced back in a bit of styles. They beat Leatherhead, Margate's Conquerors, three 0 
at uh, Cheriton Road, the Fullicks, whatever it's called these days. Tunbridge Angels, it was league action all the way for them. Uh, they lost at Hendon on Saturday, but they bounced back and beat Leaston on Tuesday night. Angels up to six in the league, which sounds quite good, but they played more games than most. Invictor are down in 13th and Margate are 14th, albeit only four, four points and five points behind. Folks have got four games in hand on Tunbridge Angels. Margate have got three. So, I mean, obviously we talk about Margate quite a bit. We've spoken about Tunbridge, but Folkestone, Neil Cugley, still going strong there. What a job that guy does down there. Uh, it's amazing, 20-odd years, 1,000 games. Again, and every year he has to rebuild the side, bring some youngsters through. I always, I always like that, but he's always had a little bit of experience the rolling edges of players that maybe the end of their football career come in, and they stay with my, uh, Folkestone as well. So the respect they have for Neil Cugley, he really wanted them to get to the first round of the FA Cup. Slough was such a real tough tie for him. Conceding early on was a bit of a blow. Yeah, but fair play to them. But it's the Devon Bostic is going to take a real while to settle down because, you, you know, with the trophy coming out, you know, teams like Bill Ricky will be in the trophy in the, in the um, FA Cup won't be playing many league matches at all for the next few weeks as well. So it's going to be a real upside sort of downfield in this division. And probably have to wait to maybe after Christmas when the games are caught up a little bit where these things are. I know Margate... I've got Leatherhead coming up again, but I don't know if that'll be called off because Leatherhead's at a game in the FA Cup, I think, on the following Saturday. So we'll keep an eye on that one. We certainly won't. This weekend, Margate go to Harlow, who are not having a great time so far this season. Folkestone go to Leaston and Angels are at home to Tooting and Mitcham. And then on Tuesday night, Tooting are at home to Folkestone. So a bit of interest for them and, and Tooting are, are struggling. So hopefully both of our teams will be will get three points from that. And staying in the Bostic League, moving to the South Division, of course, and Sittingbourne are still flying high. Their good form continuing with a 4-0 win at Lowly Shoreham, still not conceding goals. Um, young Lex Allen is apparently on trial at Crystal Palace this week as well, so it's all good news coming out of Sittingbourne at the moment. Um, Cray Wanderers also in the playoff picture. They've only lost once in the league, um, which is pretty impressive from them. I think they've done that quite quietly. Um, high the 8th, um, they won 1-0 on Saturday at home. They've been excellent at home. They need to sort out their away form. They've only won once on the road so far this season. They're at Walton Casuals on Saturday. And I guess, although Walton Casuals have had a decent start to the season, Clive Cook will be desperate to pick up an away win there for Hyde. Yeah, I think Hyde will be one of the, maybe one of the Kent side favourite sides to do well in this division. Um, slow start getting knocked out of the FA Cup, as we mentioned before. Yeah, I think he's got the squad there. He's got quality players there. Um, discussed before. Goal scorers in his cap. Again, just getting a bit of momentum in the league in that point of view. Just getting to settle it down. That's a good win, clean sheet as well. I know he's um, with Kent Online, he's been uh, big enough. His goalkeeper, uh, uh, Goblin, I think this week as well, saying they've got a top-class goalkeeper. They always start from the back. So, maybe he was on a little bit of pressure early part of the season, but results are going their way. But fair play to Cray again every week. I see Michael Power banging in the goals. I don't know how old he is now, but Real tall, good striker who scores goals and Cray score goals as well. So they're hopefully with all the work going on trying to get them aground, it could be a, a season to remember for the Wanderers. Yeah, and at the other end of the table, Faversham grabbed a much needed win on Tuesday night, winning one nil at Phoenix. Ramsgate took four points from two home games this week, so they'll be pleased and not pleased, I guess. Um Ashford brought in four new players last week, including Stuart Zanoni, who's who's back for the umpteenth time. They were held one one by fellow strugglers East Grinstead. Ashford, their second bottom, they need to find a winning formula, don't they? Yeah, with a new manager coming in, you players are like to go to Noni, who's had a go at the higher end of the league, but you know, a bit of a legend for Ashford when he scored up 10 goals a few seasons ago. Again, you put it on a plate, uh, he'll score goals. Maybe that's the sort of club that he can get on the end of it. It's just, it's just been a season of upheaval. We're only in the middle of October and 
has used numerous players, gone through managers at that point of view. And, and again, you sent me the link last week. Who's going down? We think only uh, one's going down from that point of view. They've just got to stay away from the relegation zone and just rebuild. Yeah, we, we have found something that we think is giving us some, some idea of what's actually going on. It's a, a website I've used several times. It's based on a site by the late Tony Kempster. And there's always some guy who updates what's going to happen, the projections for the next season. And with all the extra leagues, he's kind of made it easy for me. It's suggesting that one down will be the, the way from the Bostick South and two coming up from the Southern Counties East League. So that gives it a little bit more clarity. And obviously, there's going to be so much moving and shaking and the way it all goes, all teams and moving into different leagues, it's going to be quite complicated. But the spreadsheet does help out. And I will tweet the link out so that people can see it because um, it does give you a little bit of clarity. And the, and the guy, bless him, he updates it quite a lot, which some people may think doing a podcast about Ken non-league football is a bit questionable. But I mean, to spend <laughs> spend that time doing updating a spreadsheet with literally when whoever whoever's second in the scaffold changes, he will put them into the division for the next year so people can see. He must update it every week, which is a Herculean effort, to be fair to him. Um, I love a spreadsheet myself, John, so, I, so I, I, that's good to feel on that. And, you know, you mentioned about that. There's a lot of people who absolutely love non-league football and keeping us informed. Because, again, the thing is, though, that guy probably helps out the FA because I'm sure I haven't got much faith in the FA, but I've got more faith in this guy updating it, getting it right. Absolutely. Elsewhere, um, Chips on Saturday, where Chips at Neil Thames me two, Herne Bay one, Walton Casuals nil, Molesy three, Phoenix four, and VCD one, Lewis two. Um, this weekend, some some decent games actually. We've got Carl Shorten against Ashford, um, Faversham at home to VCD, Lewis against Herne Bay, Phoenix Sports against Ramsgate, City Warner at home to Chipstead, a derby between Thamesmead and Cray, and Hyde go to Walton Casuals as already mentioned. And on Tuesday night, Thamesmead go to Hastings. Uh, it's Phoenix Sports against Ashford, Ramsgate against VCD and Sittingbourne against Cray. And, and that's a, a cracking fixture by the looks of it, Sittingbourne against Cray. If you think Sittingbourne are second in the table, Cray are fourth or fifth. They've only lost once. Sittingbourne aren't conceding goals. It'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Yeah, so really, really I don't know why the Devon Bostick's fitting in as many midweek games in October, November. I've got no idea from this point of view. And it's, again, I've been critical of the fixture planning from that point of view. That should be... A, Good game. Nick Davis is surely the Kent manager of the year so far. What a job he's done there. Sitting ball, bringing players through, lost a lot of players. Would be a really good game against that point of view. Not conceding goals and scoring goals as well. Well, as we mentioned, Craig and Michael Bauer, players like that should be an absolute cracking game from that point of view. And a real benchmark, I think, we'll see where those two sides are at the end of that game. And I must admit, there's every chance that that's where I'm going to spend my Tuesday evening up at Woodstock Park. So I think that'll be a really good game and, and just sort of see Cray. I haven't seen them play yet. And, and I think that'll be a, a really interesting game. But anyway, moving on in the Southern Counties East League, there was one or two league games um, as the Kent Senior Trophy took over this week. And there are a couple of, of shock results. So Irith and Belvedere, of, who are in Division 1, and I remember them when they were in the old Ryman League and won 6-1 at AFC Croydon. I mean, I don't know what you can read into those games and the draws been made for the next round. And I looked at that and thought, oh, well, there you go. But anyway, this weekend, most of the teams in the Southern Counties East League are playing in the FA Vars. Um, when I was at Sheppey last Tuesday night, I spoke to both Ernie Batten and the Canterbury manager, Ben Smith, about the competition and what it means to them. At home to Fisher, you've got to be fairly pleased with, with that tie, home tie here, you know, where you get some a, a good crowd in behind you, but you, you can't ever take any game for granted, can you? No games for granted, and you know, the chairman will be adding a bit of pressure uh, with, with, with the monies involved in the Vars, of course, you know, and uh, um, so you know, that's one we want to win. We'd like to have a little run in the Vars, but as you quite 
rightly said, no easy games. If you, if you start thinking that, uh, you, you, you know, you'll, you'll come a cropper. And the Vars, I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's a long, long way to go, but what a prize there could be at the very end of it if you go deep oh, into it. I think that's a dream, isn't it? You know, to, as, a, as a non-league player, to, to, to get into the latter rounds and to, and to have a Wembley appearance would be would be uh, unbelievable. But, um, you know, let, let, let's try and beat Fisher first. <laughs> would, 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 I mean, obviously, you wouldn't start thinking about that for, until you what, what, reach the quarterfinals and No, all that. You, you wouldn't think about that. That's a distant dream, isn't it? You know, and I think that you'd start... You know, we, we've got to try and beat Fisher. Um, they'll, they'll come here and we've got a great ground, the, the surface, the crowd. And, you know, like most teams, they're, they're on the day, there'll be a cup final. Um, and we'll have to rise to that occasion. And looking at the Vars, you've, you've got a, a home tie against a team from a lower league, so you'll be confident, but you can't take anything lightly, can you? No, K Sports are a good club, actually, good club. Um, they've got a good side there. I think it used to be APM Mears. I remember Canterbury City used to play them way down the leagues, uh, and it was always a tough game. I'm expecting nothing different, really. Um, if anything, they're, they're going into it in a, a massive run of form. Um, the, Vars, the Vars, I mean, how, how important is a run in the Vars to you? Oh, it's massive because that we can get a real bit of momentum from that. I mean, when we've had a bad result in the league, we've, we seem to have had the Vars suddenly appear to give us, you know, give us a lift, and it, it has worked for us. We've performed really well in the Vars, um, so it's a good it's a competition for us to to have a bit of an adventure. You know, uh, clubs have. We've done well in the Vars in the past, so why not us? You know, you've got to have luck in that competition. You really have. Like last year, we went out to go to Chichester on a Wednesday night, and we couldn't get a side out. You know, um, so you've got to have luck on you know where you're playing teams, um, and hopefully getting the games on on the Saturdays if you're away. Um, but there's no reason why we can't go into the later rounds. The northern sides quite clearly and obviously the favourites in, in that competition um, but I, I fancy one of the Kent sides to do well because we've got some good clubs in this league Interesting what, what both managers said there I mean it's it's a long long way away and I looked it up earlier on this afternoon at Tunbridge Wells when they actually got to the final they didn't come in until the round after this one so it's there's a lot of games to win to get to Wembley but the good news is, is I seem to get on quite well with both of them and if either of them do get to Wembley I think we've got a seat on the bus Matt oh, that, that sounds absolutely fantastic you can see that the passion in their voice when you mention that, it, it, when you think that's the competition that against early on now, but it's, again, keep saying it's momentum, momentum. If they can get a, get through the games on Saturday, move it through again. You never know about the competition. The North sides are normally the strongest one, but just adds a little bit something. Maybe they can do something, get a bit of a run going. And why not? If Dunbridge Wells can do it, there's no reason why other, other Kent sides who are doing well uh, can do well in the competition. There's, there's no reason why they can't go quite deep, maybe to the last eight, the last 16 in the competition, and when you get to that, you get quite excited. That's the thing. I mean, I thought what was really interesting was was when Ben Smith said to me, you need a bit of luck. You know, you need to get the right draw, and it's such a wide-open draw, and I think the next round is where they've got the chance of playing teams a little bit further afield, and he touched on it there. He said last year they had to go to Chichester on a Wednesday night. Well, that's the last thing you want at this level. If you can get good home games on a Saturday, win them, get teams having to come a long distance to you, there's no reason why you can't get a run, get a bit of momentum. And he said that he thinks a Kent team is going to go close this year. We've only ever had two teams from the Kent League actually reach the final. But I think he's right. I think one of our teams, one of the teams from the Scaffold is going to get to the last eight. There you go. There's a prediction for you. Yeah, well, we won't say yet. We'll have to come back to that one and decide which Kent side could do it. Because they're all in action today. Some of the, uh, this weekend and some of the games, I go Beckenham Town 
against Sawbridge Worth Town. Uh, my geography's not greatest, but whether well, I've got no idea where Sawbridge Worth is. Have you got any idea? Um, I am guessing that it's Cambridgeshire way. I don't know why. I, th- I just think it's up that sort of way. But I mean, I'm looking. I've got the fixtures in front of me. I've sent them to you as well. Yep. Ballam against Deal, Beckenham against Sawbridgeworth, Canterbury against K Sports, Cray Valley against Cricklewood Wanderers, Erith and Belvedere versus Hawley Town, Erith Town versus Pagham, Meridian VP against Hollands and Blair, Rustall against Epsom and Yule, Salt Dean against Whitstable, Seven Oaks against Long Levens, no idea, um, Sheffield United against Fisher, and Spellthorne Sports against Lordswood. Now I've gone through this and I'm going for seven Kent teams. Seven of those teams from Kent are going to get through to the next round. How many are you going for? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll raise your seven and go eight then. I think that's a beautiful point of view and we'll see from that one point of view. Oh, yeah. And if anybody knows where Salbridgeworth is, or they'll have to we find out. I've got no idea where it is. Just my taxi driver. I not really. No idea. If he knows where Salbridgeworth is, he's shaking his head, so he doesn't know either from that point of view. But there you go. You never know. When we look back, it maybe... Hopefully, it's Beckenham Town aren't divided by Sawbridgeworth, but if Sawbridgeworth gets to Wembley, well, I'm going. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I want, I, I'm starting to wonder what this taxi driver thinks is going on in the in the back of this car <laughs> on the M25, but I, I won't ask. Um, another team we do have to talk about, and we're going to go back up the pyramid now, is Welling United. They won at Western on Saturday, which we, we've said is a tough place to go. They're in brilliant form, Welling. They can't stop winning. What a turnaround after a bit of a slow start. Jamie Coyle and Jack Parkinson and everyone down there at Welling at Parkview Road must be absolutely over the moon. Yeah, I think when you look at it, they're unbeaten since the um, away from home, that is, since the first game of the season. And they conceded that in about the 95th minute as well, that a late, late equaliser. So, brilliant. Again, following up, you know, we see how difficult Western Supermare the go is. People like Joe Healy, he's a great player for Maystone. He was pretty good for Dover. I'd have kept him last season. Scores goals for midfield. You know, he anchors the midfield. He's experienced. They've got some few young lads there. But an absolutely brilliant job. You know, we can only carry on winning. They, they can see the other sides doing well in the FA Cup. But they'll forget all about them, those sort of sides. Just go on with their form. And maybe maybe they can just carry on as they are. Always got a good fan, but, you know, hardcore loyal support. Not maybe a big support for Welling. But the results going their way maybe could boost that back up. So, Welling, you know, under Jamie Day, you know, survived in the National League for a couple of seasons. They've done it before. There's no reason why they can't. But again, Mark Goldberg, you know, you know, has got some money behind him. He knows this division as well. And that could be crucial pushing that experience on to Jamie Corn and the likes of Jack Parkinson. Yeah, and I mean, Welling, they've just been to Western Supermare and this Saturday they're at Gloucester. Now, again, we talk about fixture scheduling quite a lot, but to have those two trips on consecutive Saturdays for a part-time team, that's pretty brutal, isn't it? Well, and that's kind of true right first game of the season as well. I think maybe the good thing is they're getting the long trips out of the way, maybe before the weather um, gets pretty bad. I know the weather where I was last Basel has been absolutely fantastic the last couple of days. I think in the UK uh, it's been nice as well. So it'd be a good, good time to go and maybe play them Gloucester again. Uh, all sort of problems. I don't know where they're playing these days. They used to play at Cheltenham. I don't know if they still do. So, but again, yeah, well in confidence. Got players who know this level, um, and I think uh, maybe the side to watch out for from that point of view. And everybody else, if I say you the cup ones, they're just winning football matches. Yeah, and, and Dartford, who are also there and thereabouts, they've got a tricky one on Saturday as they go to Chelmsford, and then they're at Bath on Tuesday night, which is a far from enviable trip. And I guess these some of these players are very 
grateful to having, I would imagine, lenient bosses at work because that's going to be a long old day for them going to Bath, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. And again, uh, the vagaries of the, of the, I think, Mindstone going to Halifax next week as well. So, maybe to the, the fixture list come out from that point of view. It'll be interesting. And also, I think from a Dartford point of view, you've probably got players on four bookings that another booking could lead them out. They don't want to miss their make-up game. So, Tony Berman's got to make sure that the players are concentrated on the league. Again, Chelmsford, the big game, could, you know, that's a game that likely could be set come the end of the season that uh, could be a game that um, sides could be at the right end of the play. could be a playoff sort of game. A big game for them as well. Well, it was last season, wasn't it? Dartford against Chelmsford at, at um, Prince's Park. Yeah, yeah. So, um, revenge on that one as well. Yeah, two sides are going to be the right end of the table. So, Chelmsford got through the first round of FA Cup, but they, they've got to go to Gateshead, which is probably the worst draw you can probably get. So, uh, again, it'll be interesting to see what, what sides. Tony Berman will be... I'm sure he'll have his head screwed on. He'll say, right, lads, forget about Swindon. Just get on with Chelmsford. At least two away games, maybe come back with four points. That'll be a good return for them. Yeah, I think you're right, you're right there. Tony Berman is, is experienced enough not to let them not to let them lose their focus. And, and they are in such good form anyway. I don't think that anything is going to stop them at the moment. Um, looking at the National League fixtures at the weekend, you've just mentioned that Maidstone are at Halifax on Tuesday. I don't know if they're going to stay up north because they're at Fylde on Saturday as well. So um, that, that, a couple of tough games for Maidstone to get them in the space of three days, I think. Yeah, Fylde are one of these sides that I, think I thought would be doing better than they were. Um, gained a bit of back in there. A good owner who's got this big thing. They want to be in the Football League by 2022, I think it is. Started off pretty slowly, but they picked up some results from that point of view. I think the league probably do these... You get, you get your, your two, two long games in the space when it goes to midweek, but I can't believe Maidstone will probably stay up there. It's probably, they'll get the train up to, to Blackpool where Fylde is and then come straight back. But, you know, they're full-time, so at least they can train on the Monday or at least do some stuff on the Monday ahead of that game. On teams like Dover, who are still part-time, they don't train at all when they do those sort of games. They would play Saturday then carry on on the Tuesday with the travelling. So, yeah, you've got to do it. But again, they still need to look at their form because they could be riding a little bit higher. Their league form hasn't been too good too good recently, but they've had excellent way results, haven't they? And they, they look to that continue against Files. That's one of Halifax who lost a few games recently and, and also got another Kent side on Saturday, Halifax. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. He, he, this week, everyone has got the you know they've got either two away games or two home games. All of other teams have got two home games. So you've got Dover, have got Maidenhead, and then Woking. Uh, Ebb Street have got Barrow and then Torquay, and Bromley have got Woking and then Maidenhead. So um, Bromley and Dover are actually swapping fixtures over the week. But you you would look at those games and think that Dover, all three of those teams, Dover, Ebb Street, and Bromley, will probably be disappointed if they don't take all six points. Well, yeah, if Dover can maybe get strength in their attack or get some players fit, then Maidenhead, don't know what you're going to get from them. They went to Torquay and lost 4 0, then nearly beat all the shot the previous Saturday. Score, score, and maybe concede goals. So that might be a tight one from that point of view. Woking, again, a bit like Dover, a new side doing really well. Uh, Woking this season got through to the first round of the FA Cup, but they got Perry, so they'll be pleased about that. Epsley, probably thinking six points. You think uh, that disappointing game against Macclesfield that got through East Stoke. Barrow struggling to sack their manager. They've sacked two managers this season, Barrow, and it's middle of October, so I don't know who's going to take over there. They should be doing better. Torquay, again, they're rooted at the bottom and staring at the abyss. So, again, you would expect it from that point of view. As the league's so tight from that point of view, it's, it could be a week, really, which you're basically through a third of the season after Saturday. The league maybe starts to take shape. And if you can get six points out of the next two, you really boost you up the top of the league because a lot of the, the playoffs sides are playing each other as well. This time next week when we're doing the pod again, 
I've got a funny feeling the National League could be really... And finally, after it's so tight at the moment, starting to take shape. And hopefully, all our Kent sides can pick up maximum points on their games. And then they're going to be ensconced in those playoff positions. Yeah, there's a nice quirk of the fixed list this week um, in that... If you look at the games alphabetically, as I was earlier on, Leighton Orient are the last fixture alphabetically. That can't have happened very often for them, can it? No, no, they, 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 they got Macclesfield, isn't it? Macclesfield or something. No, right. So, okay, 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 we'll have to get somebody on again. We'll have to get that. Probably wouldn't get somebody on to talk about how they do the fixtures from there. I'm pretty sad about that. Point. <laughs> yeah, but again, again, it must be a, a formula of working out. As you mentioned before, that Dover and Bromley are basically swapping fixtures over the next few days as well. So, yeah, there must be there must be some sort of formula of how it all goes through. Yeah, but interesting times. I think the National League, yeah, it could be interesting. If maybe not next week, or next week before the FA Cup games kick in, first round. I think the league will be definitely taking a lot more shape. Absolutely, and that's pretty much it for this week. As you thunder towards, it's probably the closest we've ever been actually geographically while we're doing the podcast. If you've just gone up Detlin Hill and I'm here in Sittingbourne, we're actually not too far away. I mean, not like in waving distance or anything, but not a million miles away. Just, a, uh, just really one more thing I really want to discuss, and that's uh, Radio Kent's question of the day, uh, which on Saturday I was invited to take part in. I came up with a brilliant answer, and you didn't pick me to win. What's going on? No, yeah, well. We gave it to Matt Davison in the end on that, on that point of view, but he did mention because of the Premier League sides, but probably didn't realise they sent their reserve left back online to, to some no mark non league side and they get caught out. But it was a good answer, John, as well. So I think um, one day James Rogers will be lifting the FA Cup, but I think maybe not this time around from that point of view. But um, yeah, again, don't forget, listen every week, Radio Kent, uh, commentary of Davis games and all the other Kent news, which will put the meat on the bones on there. Uh, next week's pod from that point of view again I'm not going anywhere exotic next week it's just half term so uh, from that point of view but I will be at both Dover games so and that point of, and we will try and get time but me and John will be together in the same room it's not me dubbing John's voice and John dubbing mine we are we do exist as two two entities so to speak and we will try and work something out then we can go for a curry and a few beers after John I think that's the plan definitely so you're at Dover against Maidenhead on Saturday then yeah and, and yeah and the Woking game on Tuesday as well so um be interesting to see if Dave. I, I think I know somebody said they were looking to strengthen the squad, maybe in an attacking point of view, with a few players out. So Chris Benier can um, just forget about the FA Cup now and move on to, to the league matches, back to back home games. You know, got to win your home games if you want to get promoted, or at least in the playoffs in this division. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for joining us on your trip. Uh, on your trip, I hope the rest of it goes well and that you're home with uh, Mrs. Gerard and the little Gerards very soon. Um, I've now got to try and edit this all together, which you can hopefully, as you've got this far, you, w- you won't have realised that there's been loads of problems. But Matt's signal kept cutting out. I've had to phone him. I've had to use WhatsApp. I've tried everything, but we've got there in the end. We finished the show. Um, hope you've enjoyed listening. Thanks as always for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on social media. Um, on Twitter, we are at Kent NL Podcast. On Facebook, it's just Kent Non League. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at John Phipps eighty one. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard, and you can also uh, email us at John Phipps eighty one at Outlook dot com. Um, it's been another uh, cracking week of non league football. Looking forward to seeing what happens over the weekend. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. All the best.